Welcome to MI Live, a podcast from Macros Inc., where we talk about how to make your nutrition and fitness goals realistic, achievable, and sustainable. All right, let's get to the show. Welcome to MI Live, your daily nutrition talk show. I am Jay, and with me as always is Dr. Bradley Pendleton Dieter, um, MS, PhD, and BS, but that's not a degree. Ah, that was good. Um, you get extra bonus points for being super funny today. I have my moments. You do have your moments. So, guys, we're just doing a general Q&A. If you have any questions at all, feel free to ask. They can be about anything, nutrition, fitness. They don't talk about Brad's hat because I'll go on a tangent about goldfish. Um, anything else, feel free to ask. Brad, also, we- oh, also. I already have a topic for Wednesday. Oh. We were supposed to cover it last week. Yeah, but then we had uh, Mike on, and then we took Friday off. I know. Well, we didn't really take Friday off. We had other pressing deadlines. Well, we took Friday off from MI Live. Yes, that's true. My weekend was, oh, um, Saturday we went and cleaned up the cabin that we rented for the summer, um, packed up all of our stuff. So, uh, so long, sweet summer. Um and then yesterday, my wife and I celebrated our third anniversary, awesome. which is actually this week, but I'm going to be gone for it. So, oops. Yeah. And then I bought a new uh, charging cord for my laptop because my laptop died. So I hope it's just the, the cable and the, some other major expensive problem. Man, we've had a lot of laptop issues over the past couple. I know. The gear. What about yourself? Um, I stayed at home. I watched the new Mulan on Friday, the live action Mulan. How was it? I don't know. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. The CGI was kind of like, this is Disney. (laughs) Um, interesting. Yeah. They, it was weird. The, uh, you can tell that they shot the movie. Um, so some of the speaking parts, they uh, like most of it's battles and stuff. And I mean, the battles were really cool and the action was really good. Um, but the, like they, they shot some of it where like people were clearly only speaking Chinese and they dubbed over it and then CGI the mouth to animate it. And it just did not look right. That's very upsetting. I'm also yeah. how, on a scale of one to 10. How upset were you that there was no Mushu? Um, Mushu's the dragon, right? Yes. Yeah, there was a there was a, not a talking dragon, but there was a phoenix in it. That's not even close. Yeah, I think I think Lisa was pretty upset by that. I would be too. There was the cricket was in it, but it was a person. What? Cricket, the lucky cricket. Yeah, was in it, but it was a person. Well, that's unacceptable. That weird. Huh. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Haley just tagged Kelly, so Kelly, get in here, so we can talk to you. Yes. Um, I do have some questions if we want to cover them. Yeah. If we want to just kind of get the juices rolling. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't know if I want to know what you mean. So first question for you. No. As we transition from summer to fall, what are some things you could you should consider for both diet and exercise uh, considerations? Like what, what – Adjustments should you make? Things should you consider as we transition from summer to fall? Ooh, um, as far as I'll start with the obvious one. And if you're going to be inside more, um, you should probably look into supplementing with vitamin D. Um, that'd probably be a, a, a major one. Um, Especially if you live in the Chicago area. You yeah. guys have like no sun from October until May. Um, we get sun. It's just too shitty outside to be out. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the, the biggest things you need to do, you know, we, we, we lose a lot of fresh fruit. We lose a lot of vegetables cause they're not as, as available. And the ones that they are in grocery stores typically aren't very high quality. Um, so maybe looking into either grow, starting to grow your own or supplementing with those. Um, if you're, if you're very active for some people, it doesn't change, right? I'm not, I, I my activity level maybe decreases a little bit, but, um, not, not significantly cause I'm not. You know, I, I'm not an outdoor runner. I'm not any of that stuff. Most of my activity is pur- is done on purpose to not be sedentary. Um, but if you are one of those people who's a big runner, somebody who is um, who you know you you do a lot of not even necessarily running, just act, act outdoor activities, summer sports with kids, 
Um, if, if you're, if you are, you know, if you're a student or if you're a teacher and you have a job where you've been off for most of the summer, um, you, you become a lot more sedentary. So maybe take while, while we still have daylight, look at your average steps or look at them, look at your activity levels on any trackers over the past, like two months and, and try to make sure that you can keep at least around there, maybe 10% within 10%. Um, the other thing with, with with diet, we're starting to get into the holidays. So if you're if you're like, oh, I'm I'm gonna watch what I eat over the over the over the holidays, and you know I want to lose weight for this, you know, start losing weight January first. I think now is a good time to start small habits, right? So we start getting into the holidays. What comes in, you know, as soon as October rolls around, we start having candy and, and sweets in our house that we normally don't have. So maybe now is the time period to start stocking up on fruit, vegetables more uh voluminous foods and and kind of do like a little mini cut um to prepare for that between now and end of october is kind of kind of a good time to do that jesus that was a lot yeah well, there's there's a billion i can think of four million things that you could do for uh for anything the, the biggest one i think that everybody's going to face though is and i'd like to get your opinion on this is and I, i've seen it with with client it takes myself especially um clients, former clients coming back, people in the group. And that is this, we all, we all, I mean, I think it's, I think it's 16 pounds is the average American has put on right now during, during the lockdown. It's really? Yeah. Where did you see that statistic? I've seen it like four or five times. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it was a C, there was a CDC statistic and then that I'll find the, I'll find it when you start talking um, or if you want to look for it now, but it's 14 or 16 pounds. And you know, we all put weight on over the winter. And I think that this is one of those things. And one of the things that I think that this way has come from, obviously we're sedentary, we're not doing things. People are eating, not eating out, but they're getting a lot of takeout. And not only because like for me in, in the beginning of lockdowns, I didn't want to go wait in lines at the grocery store. They were ridiculous. I didn't want to go. And then it became more of a support local businesses, support local restaurants. So eat out at them. And you just kept going to restaurants that, you know, your favorite restaurants kept going to them all the time. And it developed into a, into a habit that a lot of people, including myself, are, are still kind of doing. Um, and then there's this other, this other fear that you get, you feel guilty when you're going out, right? You don't yeah. even feel it's not, not even going somewhere. I, you feel guilty walking around your block, like going for a walk. Like I'm not supposed to be outside. I'm not supposed to be doing anything. And I think that that's going to be amplified even more so over the winter. And I think this is going to be a really hard winter for people um, trying to make, not even lose weight, just trying to maintain weight and, uh, and, or not gain as much. I think it's going to be really, really difficult. And then when you hit the holidays, um, you're, you're going to see, I think a lot of people who are just overindulging because you're used to making, you're used to making cookies, you're used to making this, you're used to having people over and those, those family traditions and rituals of, of cooking and getting together are either going to be bigger than they've ever been, or you're still going to make the food, not have the people and have to get rid of it. I can see that. I think about this a lot. If anybody's wondering. You know what? I was also realizing like my wife and I have started ordering out, uh, <clears throat> Over probably from like March until now, we've ordered out more than we have in forever. And part of it's just from being busy. And the other part is like after just cooking at home by yourself for two people for like seven months, you're like, oh my God, okay. I'm kind of just done with eating the same six meals. Um, so just eating out made it so much easier and more convenient. And it was like, it was also just like a break from the monotony of just being at home all day, every day. So it was kind of just like a, yep. it was almost a little like release just from like, okay, I don't have to cook this meal and sit at my house and do this. Um, which has also been interesting. Jay, you all meet. Yeah. Here's the, uh, there's an article on WebMD um, quarantine weight, not a joking matter. It's from May. So this is from May. And, uh, Researchers say it's too soon to really say how widespread it is. Um, a, a survey from WebMD of a thousand U.S. readers, nearly half women um, and one quarter of men who responded say they gained weight, um, and they all and the average weight gained is fifteen uh, fifteen pounds. They're calling it the quarantine fifteen, which is obviously for the freshman fifteen. There's an article um, from Fox. Whoop, I have an ad playing that won't stop. There's an article from uh, Fox Business from July 9th. Uh, 76% of Americans gained up to 16 pounds so far. Um, and that is a study from a government, from a U.S. government survey. That's nuts. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've read it. I've read it in multiple places. This, this, this uh, the the quarantine fifteen is is a real thing, and it's it's also happened in the UK. I read an article uh, over the weekend about about uh, the average weight is is fifteen pounds as well in the UK. Um, Australia, I think they said that the average weight is almost twenty pounds. So. A couple questions on that. You know, one, obviously that's going to take a while to get off, right? Like that's not something that's like, Hey, six weeks, it'll be gone. Um, so, you know, as if, let's say you were in that situation, right? You'd gain the the COVID-19. Ha ha ha. Um, (laughs) 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 it took me a while to get the best one. Oh my God. That's a great one. I'm going to say, what was the, what was the best part? The bad joke or the me doing the ha ha? The, oh, the joke. The joke was the best part. That was fantastic. Uh, I, I, you said it, and I didn't realize it was a joke until you said the ha ha, and then it all clicked. Oh, that's. Did you gain nineteen from COVID nineteen? That's. I mean, that's fantastic. Should that be in? Is that like a very insensitive ad to run? Probably. I'm not going to run that ad, but that's a great uh, a great analogy of the the unintended side effects of being locked down from. It. That's a yeah. So there's there's a couple of interesting pieces here, and I think we can maybe chat through it a little bit. Um, I mean, one is this is just a perfect example of how much your built environment and your non-exercise activity makes a huge difference for weight management, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say a lot of people probably didn't have drastic changes in their like food consumption, like maybe a couple hundred extra calories in mm-hmm. a home, or maybe you're drinking two bottles of wine a day. I don't know. But my guess, when we look at the data, like in 10 years when we do all these retrospective analyses, I would say it was kind of the non-exercise activity. Like people just didn't move. Um, and we know that your NEAT is one of the biggest predictors of weight maintenance or weight loss or weight gain. Um, so that'll be interesting. I guess the, the second piece is uh, if you have kind of put on that amount of weight in a relatively short period of time, what would you tell people for like that are – thinking about, okay, like it's time to get this under control. I'd like to lose the weight that I put on during the great quarantine. Um, like what would be some just first initial steps you'd give people? First initial, initial steps are going to be to, to make sure that you're, you're ready to, to make the changes to, to get that off. Right. It's, it wasn't something that, that happened overnight. It's not like you said, it's not something you're going to lose overnight, even losing it a pound a week, you're talking 16 weeks. That's a that's a long four months to lose that, and and realistically, you're probably looking at twenty weeks because there's an upstart. You'll probably lose half half if you're losing half a pound a week. You're looking at even longer. So it's not something that's going to come off right away. <clears throat> it's something that you can absolutely reverse. Now, I, I think that the biggest thing people can do is look back to their life their lives in February, and and you know we were just kind of coming out of winter when all this started. Um, so people probably had put on weight over winter as well, and now they have this weight additional. Um, so maybe even look back further as to what you did last. What were you doing when you were last like active, um, before you put this weight on and try and try to get, try to find things to make that activity level. You know, if you were going for walks and then lockdown came in, I think, I think a lot of people stopped that for a while. You know, I know, I know around me, they even closed the, forest, the, the park districts and forest reserves. So you can even walk around the trail or go hiking. Um, so try to get back to those things. And I, I, I think one of the bigger things is, you know, we, we eat, we've been at home. Grazing is a huge problem, especially working at home, right? We're at home all the time. We're working at home. We're eating at home where all of our social events are, are based in our house. Now, maybe, you know, grocery stores are not packed like they were in, in, in March. Maybe we keep less food in the house and, and go shopping daily. That's one of the things that I really like when I, when I am having difficulty with a diet is going shopping daily. Um, like there's not, I, I would, I used to keep nothing in my house and just go every day, go to the store, and I, I bought food for that day's meals. It's a little time consuming, um, but it, it definitely helps you build the habit of stopping snacking. Because if you want something, you have to leave to go get it. And you know the, the alternative is people go get fast food at that point. But if you go first thing, you get up, go to the grocery store, you have your food for the day. You know what's funny is like grocery shopping for the day and just what you need is a very interesting approach. Cause that's what a lot of people in other countries do. Like we're mm-hmm. maybe one of the few countries that buy like weeks of groceries at a time. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people like have like the staples that they have in their house, like the olives oils and the flowers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I think a lot of people just buy like the fresh stuff they need. 
Yeah, and if you ever like, I know that uh, when I when I used to live in in the city in Chicago, um, in the little like convenience store, the little neighborhood grocery store down the street from me, that's what everybody did is go every day. You you went in, you saw the same people every single day, <clears throat> and people just walked around with a little basket, filled it up, and that was it. And then I think once you move where you can't walk to the grocery store where it becomes a, a, a chore to do, um, that's, you don't want to do it every day. Right. So that's why you, you load up on groceries cause it's pain in the ass. Yeah. No, I hear you. I'm also like, if I can go to the grocery store, like once a month, yeah. that'd be awesome. Oh yeah. I don't want to go multiple times. It's, it's definitely has its benefits. It, it has plus and minus to both. Right. If it takes yeah. me 45 minutes to go to the store and back home and I do that, and, and instead I can go for an hour and a half once a week. Then I cleared up 45 minutes to work out. But on the other side, I, I, I have a lot of food in my house and I might go through that faster than I planned. You know, I know I've gone grocery shopping before for a week and gone through the food in four days. That never happens in my house ever. We would never do that. Are you lying? A hundred percent. I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you pack your lunch to go to work and then mm-hmm. it like, 9 a.m. you're hungry and you eat your lunch and then you're like, ah, crap, no, I don't have a lunch. And then you have to run out and then you run out and get something. Yep. Yeah. I may or may not do that all the time. <clears throat> yeah, I keep, if, if as long as I don't have anything to be, it depends what I have for lunch. So at my office now, there's a, it's two store, it's two stories and the downstairs, the community fridge. If I put my food in there, I'm fine. But if I bring it back up to my office, it's, it's going to get eaten within a half hour of me going in at 5 a.m. Um, Weird. The, yeah, that distance is huge. We got some questions. No, Amber said good morning. She missed us. We were only going for one for one episode, Amber. But thank one, you. no, no. Oh my god. Hey, I downloaded Duolingo, so I'm going to get back into my Espanol. Okay. I uh, the Spanish program that I, I did last time I tried to learn Spanish. That he just kept saying, "Listen again, escuche otra vez," and I just that's like the only Spanish that I remember. My wife and I sing uh, "Head Shoulders." Knees and toes, that song? Yeah, in Spanish. In Spanish? Yeah. Oh, my favorite Spanish line ever, though, is from Seinfeld. Como se dice waterbed? Remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. And then the guy yells at him for leaving the door open. The door is, where's the cat? Who left the door open? Oh, that's the best. That's one of the better episodes. All right. Trish said, hello to my two favorites. Uh, I'm really struggling to hit my 136 protein. Any suggestions to help? I have have a 30 gram protein shake that I take after working out, but breakfast with just eggs is not cutting it. A couple options. Easiest ways to just increase the current serving sizes. So like if you're making, uh, if you're making eggs in the morning and you can throw like a couple extra just egg whites in with your eggs. You can get an extra 10 to 15 grams of protein in like liquid egg whites. Uh, the other one is just every other meal increases serving size by 10, 15%. So instead of, you know, four ounces do four and a half ounces instead of five ounces do five and a half ounces, et cetera, something like that. Um, that's another way to do it. Or Jay's being very distracted right now. I can't, I can't focus. Um, <laughs> Uh, so those are probably the two, the, like the, the suggestions I would give you. Um, the other one is if you have meals or snacks that don't have any protein in them, try to sneak even like five to 10 grams in there. Um, and not, that'll add up over the day. I was not distracted. I was enjoying life. <clears throat> were you, were you living large? <clears throat> um, Lisa was distracting me. She tests me and she, I, I fail. I don't have any, I, I have to pay attention to her when she's around and she, here she comes again to try and distract me. Boom. So John Erickson said, please enlighten me on how to begin a weight loss and fitness journey utilizing the concept of formulating and tracking macros. In May, I had started a keto WOL. I don't know what that abbreviation is. Um, Way of life. Weight loss? A way of life. Way of of life. God, we we are too dumb for this life. I have started a keto way of life, but I have drifted away from that due to focus on being pulled uh, with some changes in moving and new employment. Does your macros Inc. not support the keto aspect of high fat intake to become fat adapted and burn body fat? What macro calculation should a newbie begin with? Um, so we'll both, we'll both take this. So we, we will, I'll take the Brad, You take the scientific side. I'll take the coaching aspect. So from a coaching side, we will work with 
anybody. Our coaches can work with people who want to follow vegan, vegetarian, keto, uh, pescatarian diets, regular um, high high protein, low carb, high protein, low fat, whatever. If, if something, if there's something with a reason that you want um, for whatever reason it is, our coaches will explain the benefits to it. If it's just a, 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 a diet you prefer to follow, they'll go over the downfalls to it and, and we'll work with you. Um, if it's religious, ethical, whatever, it's okay. This is your diet. We'll choose it. But typically, unless you have one of those, we do follow a flexible dieting approach where it's all-encompassing, a wide mixed variety of protein, carbs, and fats. Um, now, from a scientific standpoint on on the uh, on, on the <coughs> high fat to become fat ad- uh, adapted to burn body fat, Brad, would you like to take that one? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to pull up an article um, that we have on this. Uh, so I can kind of help show her a few things. So there's, there's kind of a few questions that are kind of built in here um, and, and assumptions that are made that I'll, uh, I'll kind of walk through. So I'll just kind of address some of them. So there's a, the whole goal of a ketogenic diet is to get into a state of ketosis, right? There are three ways you can get into a state of ketosis. One is not eat. Right, so if you starve, um, or if you fast long enough, your body will enter a state of ketosis. Two, you can consume a diet that's just essentially just very, very low and/or void of carbohydrates. Or three, you can consume moderate amounts of carbohydrates, but very, very high, very high fat intake. Um, that's another way. There's a fourth way which is massively becoming massively insulin resistant, which is usually not compatible with life. So I don't recommend people do that. Um, but the first three ways, those are the three ways you can get into the state of ketosis. So you don't really have to just consume high amounts of fat to get into that state. That's the first piece. The second piece in the question to ask is, you know, one is the very first fundamental question is, is that like physiological state or way of eating more beneficial for weight loss, specifically fat loss than any other form of dieting? Uh, the data is pretty clear on this and it doesn't appear to be any more beneficial. Um, so whether you go very low carb ketogenic, whether you go very high carb, very low fat, uh, neither one is substantially more beneficial for weight loss than the other. If anything, lower fat, higher carbohydrate may be slightly more beneficial in a calorie deficit for weight loss than a high fat, low carbohydrate approach. Now, the last question kind of built into this is this idea of becoming fat adapted to burn body fat. Uh, So there's a few pieces to this. The first one is if you consume more fat from your diet, you you do oxidize or you do burn more fat. But generally, that extra burned fat just comes from the increased fat you've consumed, right? So it's not actually like, let's say you're, you're normally burning 10 grams of fat a day just because the math is easy. And now I'm consuming 50 grams of fat a day. Well, I may be burning 40, which is four times more fat oxidation, but I still have 10 extra on top of what I would have normally had. Um, so you may be burning more fat, but it's the net balance that actually matters. It's not the, it's not the absolute amount. It's relative to the amount of fat you're consuming. And then the last piece is there's been a lot of discussion, and this is, it kind of gets really deep into the weeds of what does it mean to be fat adapted? Um, and to kind of spare some of the specifics, if we look at most data, people are fat adapted, meaning that their body shifts towards more fat metabolism uh, within a couple days of switching to a high fat diet. So it's not like it takes months or weeks for people to become fat adapted. There are some side effects that will last for the first couple weeks that typically will kind of go away after you've been on it for a long time. But from a biochemical standpoint of like my body starting to utilize more fat, uh, that happens within a couple days. We're talking at a gene transcription level. We're talking at a metabolic level. We're talking at a hormonal level. Uh, We're talking at a tissue metabolism level, kind of the whole shebang. It's within a couple of days, maybe a week at most. Um, Like there's been studies in athletes where they've taken them and put them on a three days of a high fat diet. 
and the like actual molecular machinery of metabolism changes substantially from being able to metabolize carbohydrates to really not being able to metabolize carbohydrates because of how quick that body shifts. So that's my scientific answer there. So in the, the, the too long didn't the reverse because I, yeah, the tilde. So everything you said, like I, you, you say it obviously way better, way better than I do. Um, and more, and more detailed. And I, the, the take home that I always get from, from our conversations, from everything I've read, learned the lectures is th- what's most important in the big picture. Cause like you said, there might be some small benefit to, to going to, to not doing it, to weight loss benefit to not being keto a little bit. Right. Correct. Yeah. But, but Maybe. pretty much but pretty insignificant. Yeah. So the, the most important yes. thing with any diet type, it'd be that vegan keto vegetarian pescatarian the the carnivore diet whatever you choose the most important thing is that it's sustainable is that for weight loss yes. for, for weight loss yeah yeah that that's the overriding factor you can lose weight on any diet um now there might be other health considerations taken into, into account with all of those which i'm not talking about right now the most important thing is to make sure that you are it's sustainable and that you enjoy it Yep, hundred percent. Perfect. Cool. Let's see. Who else? Got? Um, Haley. Nope. We got. <clears throat> where am I at? Uh, Trish said. By the way, I'm down ten cents. Covid. Congratulations. That's pretty bomb.com. Yeah. Facebook. I don't want people to bring that say that saying back. <clears throat> bomb.com. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Facebook user, what do you do if you've been tracking for three months with initially losing one pound per week, but the past month began to stall and then gain calories and types of food consumed and workouts intensity duration have been consistent. Um, so if you lost, um, let's, if you, if you lost for like eight pounds, then you <coughs> how much weight you have to lose. You might need to adjust your macros at that point. Um, you might need to, tighten up tracking, you might need to take a break. So really, in my opinion, it really just depends. Um, but there's a couple things you can do. I would definitely, you know, make sure, be honest with yourself, make sure that you're still hitting your macros. You're not snacking, you're not doing things, eating food that you're not tracking. Um, and then you can always check for tracking errors. Um, if you're, if you're starting to gain though, I'm going to, I'm going to guess there's a, a, probably a compliance issue that you're not aware of. A lot of people have compliance issues with diets that they're just not aware of. Um, I would say it's very rare for someone to stall on progress because they've lost enough weight where they've adapted um, and then start to gain within a three-month period. I can't think of many times that would happen. So I would just double-check all your track and things like that um, and make sure everything's on point. Brett, do you have anything to add? Negative ghostwriter. Haley Hernandez said, I'm doing a 75-day challenge in which I work out twice a day for 45 minutes. One is just cardio on the treadmill. Second is weights. I'm on day 38, and I worry about my intake and if I'm eating too less for my output. I have about 50 pounds to lose. Do I just stick to the macros I was given, or do I need to adjust because of more input? Brad. Um, I would say I, I would say that if you're if you're losing, there's no need to to, to make a, to make a change. If you're losing at approximately 1% of your body weight, <laughs> you're good. Yeah. I would say if you feel like you're starting to see weight drop faster than, you know, a pound a week and, or your energy levels are starting to feel really low and your recovery is pretty poor, you'd maybe think about increasing your intake a little bit. Mm-hmm. Concur. Yeah. Kelly said, I was given a macro ratio of 40-40-20. What is the best way to figure out the percentage? I worry if I worry I eat too much protein for my weight. I don't have weight to lose. I would like to gain more muscle. Um, so go to macrosinc.net slash calculator and use our macro calculator. It will give you your macros in grams versus ratios, ratios or percentages. Um, so and then and then you're set. Then you have them and you and you can go right by that. Um, protein, um, Brad, what do you think about it? too much protein for somebody trying to gain muscle? Um, it can only become a problem if you're consuming so much at the expense of other things. Like if you're like, if you're getting right around a gram per pound, anything above that is probably like wasted calories in terms of actual usable calories for like 
energy, recovery, that kind of stuff. Um, so I would say once you've hit about the gram per pound, you probably don't need to go any higher than that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Zipporah made a smart-ass comment. I'm thinking of buying a bike. We're just going to ignore that. <laughs> Jay, how's your bike coming? Uh, I bought I bought new rifle parts instead. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. What? I want to go. Jay, Jay is now handed over all of his decision-making in life to me. Okay, that's fine. You're just not going to buy me a bike. I'm just, I, I, I bought cool rifle, rifle parts for long, <laughs> for, for long distance shooting. And now I'm, I've been looking into uh, competition, uh, competition shooting at uh, two of the shooting ranges by me because they're open. Yeah. I have an idea. And I started jujitsu. I'm, Ooh, that's exciting. How do you ensure you're not going to get big Rona? Um, I'm either pretty sure I've already had it. Um, it went through our house pretty rapid or I just, I'm, I don't know. I don't, if I get it, I get it. You're just over it. Um, pretty I much. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, the only places I go are to jujitsu, um, and, and home basically. I don't, I, I don't really go anywhere else besides that. So if, if yeah. I do, I mean, I like, I haven't seen my grandpa. I've seen my grandparents twice since March, like, we don't, we don't go anywhere. I don't do anything. So if other people who are willing to come around me do that, but I mean, yeah, it yeah. it's open. It's legal in my state. So then whatever. Um, if gyms are open, and I'm going to, I'm going to buy you a $4 bike off Craigslist and send it to you along with all the other stuff I have to send to you. You could buy me. I need a reloading station. You You're going to get like a crate of just the most random stuff soon. It's going to be awesome. Nobody sends me packages, and I'm really nervous about this. <laughs> I never get packages that I don't buy. So Wait until it's just a giant crate. Like that's fine. I have a crowbar, like the the size of crate that you ship cars in. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then I open it up, and then you're inside with like a desk just working. <laughs> you're on. We're doing one of these live broadcasts, and we get there, and I open it up, and there you are, just like having a conversation. That'd be per- that'd be awesome. Ship yourself. Then. Do it. That would be pretty funny. Um, let's see. Barbara said, good morning. Good morning, Barbara tips to be consistent tracking macros. Brad, what are your top? What, if you had to pick two tips, what would they be? Get a food routine, mm-hmm. get a scale. Agreed. Um, and mine would be, yeah, the, the food routine I think is, is you stole mine. That's, I was just going to say, make your own meal plan and follow that. Um, keep it simple. When you do start adding in meals and mixed things, keep keep your changes simple. Like Brad said, get a food routine, and then uh, and I'll give you a really simple example. And this is what I do. I'm, I I really like sandwiches. I like deli meat and sandwiches. So I'm going to have a turkey sandwich every day. And then I say, okay, I know exactly. You know, 28 grams of turkey is this amount of calories and this much protein. Now I'm going to switch up and I'm going to add. I'm going to cut that and make it roast beef. Now it messes up my macros, so I have to adjust slightly on another meal. Um, and, and I think that small changes like that, or even saying, okay, for dinner, I've been having uh, chicken and rice and broccoli, and today I'm not going to have chicken, rice, and broccoli. I'm going to have spaghetti with marinara sauce and chicken. And, and it's a small change. You still have the same basic, and maybe broccoli as well. But once you make those small changes that, you know, swap one carb out for a different type of carb, one protein for a different protein, and and it makes it easier to see how you can make different meal combinations and make them simple. Um, that would make things as simple as possible. That's my, that's my, I can only have one because bread stole mine. And, oh, and, and, and understand, I think the, the, the other consistency thing is planning ahead, plan, plan ahead. If you plan out like, like a meal routine, have write down one meal on a piece of paper that you could eat, you know, on a day that you're panicking, uh, you can, you have a meal. And then, you know, if, if, if something happens where you wake up later and you have something laid out already and you can say, Oh, Hey, I know I need 200 calories. Here's a 200 calorie meal that's on my fridge. I'm just going to put this into my macros plus and now I'm good. So what is your go-to meal? Ooh, um, my, my go-to meal when I'm panicking is I, I don't, I, I like simple food. I'm a very simple kind of person. Um, literally just lettuce, um, fat-free ranch and pre-cooked grilled chicken breast. That's not bad. 
No. And then I just merge I have a big bowl. I have like four giant salad bowls. I put a whole bag of lettuce in there because I have all my food cut. <laughs> and then I just mix it up and I'm good. Mine is a bowl of oatmeal with like yeah, I use powder and uh, peanut butter. I just had a total brain fart. I was like, what? pretty good. World. Actually, that's what I'm going to have as soon as we get done. Good call, Brad. That's what I'm going to have for breakfast. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't eaten breakfast yet. Ooh. Poor baby. I know. Let's see. Um, Leanne said, I enjoy going to the grocery store. I, I rather go, I'd rather go daily, but it's not always convenient. I'm also super indecisive to try and plan for the week as well. Yeah, I agree. Barbara loves Duolingo. La puerta está abierta. Best Seinfeld episode Does ever. Does that mean the door is open? The door is open. Who left the door open? That's, uh, that's such a good episode. I should watch all of Seinfeld from start to finish again. I, I have the whole thing on DVD if you want me to send them to you. Do you really? Oh, yeah. I have. I mean, not that I have a DVD player anymore, but I do have the whole thing on DVD somewhere. That's awesome. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I think I've seen every Seinfeld episode 10, 20 times. It's so good. Poquita, I think, is the is what he called the cat. I can't remember. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Um, here is Brad's link to the uh, high fat. So if you go to macrosync.net slash NutraWiki or just go to NutraWiki.org and then type in the truth about high fat diets, you will get the article that he was referring to earlier. Um, random Facebook user in our group said, great scientific education on keto and the difference of a normal macro diet. I've been debating on this, and it makes sense just to track macros. I feel more. I feel this is more sustainable. It is definitely for most people. Some people are really good at keto. One hundred percent more sustainable. John Erickson said, "Thank you. You are welcome, John." John is the one who had the keto question. Uh, Facebook user said, "Veggie, vegan, and protein. It's so hard to hit my protein. Any suggestions?" Ooh, pea protein, hemp protein, soy protein. Um, you're gonna. Ha- you most likely are gonna have to supplement. Yeah. That's that's the easiest way most, to learn. Most people have to supplement. Yeah. Um, Haley Hernandez said, I am losing. I lost seven to eight pounds for August. I started July 1st. Oh, and then she said, uh, thanks. So we answered. Two, eight pounds in a month is pretty solid. Yeah. That's like two a week almost. Yeah. Uh, she said, cheers to the rifle part. See? Ah, pew, pew. That's the website that I get all my rifle information from. Pew, pew, tactical. Pew, pew. Yeah. Um, I support rifle parts over getting a bike that won't be used. Get, don't get mad at me, Brad. See, Brad, everybody supports the rifle parts. I'm not saying they're a bad investment. I'm just saying you told me that you didn't want to buy a bike because there's too much money. And then you. Yeah, because I won't use it. <laughs> but rifle parts look so much cooler. And, the, and, and, and I can use rifle parts year round. I can't use a bike year round. I, I, and I have zero desire to hunt, which is weird. I just like to shoot paper at long distance. It's so much fun. It is very fun. It is. It's like the most fun thing in the entire world. I, I like that it's just one giant math equation. Yeah, calculating all the, the angles and the trajectory and the feet per second. The I, new one, I, I just started getting into, uh, in, into, the, into um, <clears throat> barrel length, muzzle velocity, and feet per second, really. like, like really Because cal- I really want to do like long distance competition shooting. I think it'd be fun. Um, and I, I like some of the, the math equations on these things are crazy. And, and then some, the best people to learn these from are, are like military sharpshooters and stuff. And these guys are telling you like, like some of these guys that you're talking to, I have a buddy, a buddy online who, who, who was a, a, a sniper in a Marine sniper. And I message him and say, Hey, do you have any quick things? He's like, and he, I'm, man, this message is like this long and it's just equations on how to calculate things. And he goes at the end, he goes, you should just buy it. Just buy this site. It has all of them built in when you're looking at it. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. You could have just started with that one. And I would have saved a lot of time. What I think is crazy is the more humid mm-hmm. the air is. Yeah. The further your bullet the goes, yeah. It, yeah. it seems opposite, doesn't it? It seems like it would yeah. be opposite because it would have more resistance from water in the air. Oh, no, bread locked up. Yeah. Oh, it's there it's you go. lighter. It's less dense. Yeah. It's so weird. The, the uh, locked up. No, you did. Um, let's see. How do Jay, you I have start- a question for you. What? How do you start a food routine? <laughs> um, I don't really know how to answer this. Let me think for a second. So starting any routine there's it really it depends on the person like 
if I start a routine, I like to jump right in heads on. This is my routine. Like I'm doing it. Some people need that gradual buildup. So I think it's really important to know you um, and, and what works for you. Um, if you need a gradual buildup and you're looking for some, you know, start with breakfast. That's an easy one. Everybody does every day at breakfast. I'm going to make this. And then the next day, see if you can make breakfast and lunch. And if you can hit what you're, what you're doing, um, or if you want a full routine, just sit down with a piece of paper, write out on a piece of paper, what you want to eat for how many meals you want. So three meals and two snacks, write down what you're going to eat, then go into my macros plus, um, look at food labels and come up with portion sizes to match your calories. Once you're doing, once you're doing that for a, for a week or two, then let's get a little more picky and divide up and start hitting our, our protein and our calories, not worrying about carbs and fats. And then after a week or two of that, then let's start worrying about all the macros if we need to. Yeah. I always tell people, if you want to build a habit, you have to make behaviors intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always just tell people like, Hey, just plan it out. Like people are like, how do I get into a gym routine? It's like, well, put into your schedule that you're going to go at the gym at this time this week. And then you just have to commit to doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other, the other thing to remember is like, there are, cause Gracie said right after she posted this, she said, uh, you're answering it right now. Thank you. And it wasn't even her question. So I think that the, the important thing to remember is there are so many ways to, to get into a routine, to, to lose weight, to, to count macros that, you know, part of having a coach is that we, we come up with, there's no right way to do it. We just come up with a plan that we think is going to work for you. And if it doesn't, we pivot and modify it. But a lot of coaching is just having somebody stay in there. You know what to do. It's just having somebody lay out a plan for you and making sure you're following it. Um, and, that, and that plan can be something that you give to 500 people or it can be something that you just make up for one person. And then the key is to find something that works for them. It doesn't have to be – it doesn't even have to make sense, right? We, we, what makes sense is eating less calories will result in weight loss. Now, how we get to that conclusion doesn't really matter. And that's, you know, you, it could be keto, it could be a, a, a vegan diet, it could just be eating small meals throughout a day. And that's, there's tons of ways to do that and tons of ways to build up habits and routine. Um, Brittany Zimmerman said, I'm just here to say I'm so pumped for the NutriWiki course. <laughs> I think Brad's more pumped because he's done with it then. Uh, yeah, but as I'm like going through it and I'm like finding all the tiny little things that I have to correct and... You know, like all my, the- I, I'm gonna tell everybody my favorite one. My favorite, oh, the the righty right. Yeah, so I'm going through the NutriWiki course, putting it into a different content over over on Friday, and I get to one mod and Brad, you know, it's done. I'm done. I'm done. I get to one, and it's like module four, section three, and it just says write, write stuff about about micronutrients, and then the the subsections just say righty right, righty right, righty right, righty right. <laughs> it was the uh, it was the the subsection of the subsection we it was the one where we have like a list of the sources of like micronutrients oh that's it yeah it was like oh here's like the source of fat soluble vitamins and i wanted to have like a couple sentence intro for each one and i just like left the placeholder to come back and do it and i did not write those couple sentences ready right ready right at least i'm funny when i write to myself uh (laughs) we don't get lavish bread in canada or at least alberta is something comparable i don't even know what lavish bread is would you like me to look? Lab. I'm basically the young Jamie from Joe Rogan. I oh think it's God. an unleavened bread. It's an unleavened flatbread traditionally baked in a tandoor and common to the cuisines of South Caucasus, Western. Western Asia, and the areas surrounding. Huh? Caspian Sea. Yeah. We're reading the same thing. Armenia, Azerbaijan, Iran, and Turkey. You broke up there, and it sounded horrible. Don't do that again. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea, Trish. Do you, bread? No, but I want some of this now. I've had, I'm oh. looking at, at it before. I need to go get Indian food as soon as possible, because this reminded me of non bread, and non bread with butter chicken is the greatest thing ever. Mm. Mm. True. Um, Deb said bike trainer. You can then use that bike all year round. Jay won't use it. No. Um, is the faster loss on keto due to less water being retained due to fewer carbs? I'm on the COVID minus 40. Thanks to counting macros. My sister started keto and lost weight faster when we started. She quit and I'm still going. 
Um, yeah. I, I always say, yeah, yeah, that's definitely due. You, in will, the yeah. you will lose quite a bit of water and it's not like it's intracellular water. That's the other big thing, right? It's not like you're losing a lot of water from like your interstitial space where it's like you get like some of the swelling and edema water, but it's actual like in your cellular compartment. Yeah. And, and the other thing is I do think it's easier. You're, you're going to feel most people feel more full on keto than they do on a mixed diet because protein is very satiating. It's a higher protein diet. Um, so they can go and, and they can go longer periods of time without eating or they get full on less food. So they do eat less typically as a result of the diet. However, as you found out, it's not sustainable. And I, I, I bet that she's going to, she has started to gain some of that weight back. Um, well, you're still losing. Yeah. Oh, is the poor, that's right. She lives in Israel. So it's biking weather all year round. I've heard it's very pretty there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Gracie said, thank you. You're welcome. Random Facebook user in the group said earlier, did you guys say adjust macros? If you're feed, if you're not losing any more weight, not recovering from not work, uh, re- not recovering from working out or feeling fatigued, just confirming that's what was said. Not sure if I need to adjust my macros, but I've been hovering on 144 to 141 for the last three months. I'm more so for longer days from working out and just tired. LOLs. I mean, if your weight's stable and you've increased your workout capacity by quite a bit and you're feeling more sore and you don't have a lot more weight to lose, I'd maybe think about increasing your food intake a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But if this is kind of the first time in your life where you're actually like training hard, this is just a little bit of like getting used to what training through fatigue and soreness feels like. Um, so those yep. are, it just really depends. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're not going to gain enough. We're not going to gain enough muscle to offset a w- weight loss. However, it can be masked in the long term, right? So if let's say you've been working out, did she say how long for three months? So like, and, and maybe this doesn't apply to you, but it might apply to somebody. So if I'm new to working out, let's say it's three months, I lose weight in the initial part. I lost weight in my diet for three months. Then I started working out regularly. When you start working out, you're going to get, you know, you're going to retain water. It's, it's just something that happens. That's why people guys after back day and women typically after leg day, um, see the scale go up because you, you're retaining more water. You have more muscle damage there. You're repairing, um, and typically we drink more saltier things and carbohydrates to replenish on heavy lifting days. So you might see the scale go up and if, if you're doing total body workouts, depending on what you're doing. So you're retaining all this water from the trauma of working out basically. And then that happens over a couple of weeks. Maybe you, you're not consistent working out while we're starting and then you're still losing fat. And now you start. And then after a month or three months, you've gained two or three pounds of muscle. You've you're retaining a little bit of water, maybe not so much anymore, but you might have lost fat. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't always just go by the scale, right? Let's go by pictures and measurements as well. And if you're not seeing movement, if you're seeing movement in one of those three, um, then you're making progress. If you're not seeing progress in any of them, then it, it's time to make an adjustment. <clears throat> I'm at a point where I want to gain more muscle definition. I've been on weight loss macros and lost 30 pounds, by the way, but the calculator really bumps up the carbs and fats. I'm scared to switch. Don't use the calculator again. If you're following macros and have set macros that you're losing on, um, take your average weight loss per week, and that would be one pound per 3,500 calories. So if you're losing a pound a week, add, add approximately 500 calories back in per day. You could probably go a little less. Add 400 to start with or 300 if you're scared. Um, add 300 back in per day. And, and see how you feel for, for two weeks. If you're, if you didn't gain a significant amount add another hundred in per day. Also start increasing your, uh, training volume. Yeah. You want to get swole. You got to lift more. She means lavish bread. Yeah. I knew what she meant. I just don't not familiar with it. low carb bread, just low carb bread. So I don't know if there's any alternatives. You could get a recipe to make it probably. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if you've covered this, but what are some tips for, uh, for being a good food prepper? Are we talking about end of the world prepping or are we talking about? Prepping? No, I think they mean meal prep for the oh, week. Then, then that's out of my wheel. I can tell you end of the world prepping, but I can't. The best tip I have is just go to motheromacros.com and sign up. And yeah. Order yeah I, I used to meal prep. I tried it for a while. I did it. It was nice, especially when I was like working a lot. Um, 
I, I personally got out of it because I didn't like the food. You know, I would only prep for three days at a time. I couldn't do a week. I think that the food got gross. Um, so what I would do is Sunday, I'd prep for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Wednesday evening, I would prep for uh, Thursday and Friday. Um, and, 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 it, and it worked well. I would just, you know, <clears throat> keep it simple. I would just, I, and I would only do like my protein. So what I would do is I like sandwiches. Like I said, I would weigh out my deli meat, put them in containers, but not the bread. Um, I would weigh out <clears throat> chicken. I would have it pre-cut, pre-weighed, but I wouldn't put it in it. It would just be in like top in containers ready to go. Um, and then I'd mix it with, you know, if I, if I had pasta, I would, <clears throat> I would cook the pasta in and divide it up already, but I, I would keep all my food away from each other for some reason, because sometimes it would get soggy. I've seen people who make like, who will put their salads with like, like all their stuff in there. I didn't, I never liked doing that. I liked keeping it, putting it together that morning. So I prepped each individual like station and then put together as I went. But that's just me. And I have no idea if that's a good solution or a bad solution. Really? It's like, it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I tell people is like, find ways to cook things in bulk that are pretty versatile. Yeah. Like, like I used to just make like crock pot shredded chicken. Like I just put like chicken breasts in the crock pot with just like some chicken stock and cook it and then like shred it up. And then I would like put that in a chicken Caesar salad. I'd put another one that was like with some taco seasoning that I would have for like fajitas. I'd have other ones. Da, 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 da. Um, but really it's kind of just like figure out what you can cook in bulk that you can then make a bunch of meals out of. Um, that's probably the best one. And I also just tell people like, keep it super simple. If you're spending like you can meal prep for the entire week and it'd probably take you two or three hours on like a Sunday. Um, if it's taking you like 10 hours to do, it's probably just way too complicated. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. That's, that's to me, that's the, the trade off. Like, like if you want to meal prep for a time saver, if you found a system that saves you time, perfect. But outside of like significant time savings, there's no advantage to meal prepping. I actually think it can hurt people because you're not learning how to be flexible with your diet. Yeah. Um, oh, here. I have food prep tips. Sephora said, I have food prep tips. Get a good podcast. Get a good podcast, air tight containers, a cold fridge, batch cooked vegetables, slow cooker chicken, and be prepared to lose a few hours of a day or evening every week. Uh, totally pays off though. And again, yeah, different people have different experiences. Leanne said, uh, food prep tip is start with only one meal, prep lunch for next four to seven days and make it a habit, then build from there or prep protein for four to seven days, baby steps and build on it. Yep. Somebody else said, how do you feed, how do you deal with going out to eat and still maintaining your macros? Have a plan. Yep. And plan into it. Yeah. And plan your day. So if you know you're going out, like, let's say I'm going out Friday night. So the, so I'm going to, where are we going? Okay. Or even if you don't know exactly where you're going, you kind of have an idea of what you're going to get. Um, you know, even if they don't list it. So if they list their calories or anything on the, on the internet, use that. Um, if, if they don't find a comparable meal estimate, estimate and, uh, and then plan the rest of your day. So put into my macros plus your dinner first, whatever meal you're eating out and then plan your rest of the day. Don't plan your day and then put that meal and be like, Oh my God, I'm over. What do I do? Um, it's much easier if you pick what you want to have in the planner day around. I've done it where I've, I've, I've gone, like I'm going out, I haven't gone out in a long time and I know, and I'm going out with friends I haven't seen in a long time and I'm, I'm going over my calories. I, I'm not concerned. Um, I'm not, I, I know I'm not even going to track, but I know that I'll still put something in there to try and stay on point, but then I'll just kind of fast the whole day and just wait. I know that my, the burger and fries I'm going to have are half my calories for the day. I know I'm going to have a couple drinks. I know we're going to go somewhere afterwards and I'm going to have a late night snack. So I'm just going to have protein shakes and maybe like some egg whites today and, and, and just chill until we get there. And then some people take the opposite approach where they'll eat before they go out with friends. Yeah. I think it depends how often you're doing it. Yeah. If you're eating out every day, you need to find some restaurants that you know what the nutrition facts are and be like just hyper consistent with what you order. You're like, hyper consistent. Like that's the reason why you can see people who are like, oh, I lost 30 pounds in 60 days eating just McDonald's. Well, it's like, yeah, because they knew the calories of it and they just mm-hmm. literally ate the same thing every day. Yep. Dante wasn't here today. You know what I'm saying? Dante's probably like out climbing mountains or something. <laughs> are there any additional benefits to intermittent fasting for weight loss aside from the calorie deficit created by not eating during certain times of the day? Nope. 
Hunger we Man. cover this in detail in the NutraWiki course. Yep. So it's, if it's, you go to macrosync.net slash NutraWiki hyphen course hyphen opt-in, you can get on the wait list. And when we launch it on the 15th, you can sign up and then you can get all the education. But until then, I'm not going to tell you any. Okay. I'm not kidding. Um, it's, it's just a tool in your toolbox, right? There are no additional benefits from it other than manage, hunger management. Yeah. For most people, intermittent fasting is just a tool to control caloric intake. Um, shorter feeding windows means the less likelihood of overeating. It can teach you a little bit about managing hunger, but there's really no data to suggest there's any substantial, meaningful benefit above and beyond that. Now, there are some studies that find some like minor positive benefits, but they're really not that overly meaningful. Like they're pretty minor. <clears throat> the downsides are it can make it very difficult to gain substantial amounts of muscle. Because imagine you're trying to eat in a surplus if you had two hours to eat every day. Yeah. I don't know about you. Like we went out for dinner last night and I was like, it was probably like, I probably had like 1200 calories of dinner. That was like, I don't think I could have eaten like the rest of the day. I could, I could eat all day long. I don't, I, I've never had a problem with eating too much. Have you ever been like so full you feel like you can't eat anymore for forever? Oh, and I can still eat. That's yeah. so crazy. No, I can, I can always eat. I eat no matter how much food, I can always eat it. Uh, what's your opinion on carb cycling? Uh, that's a great tool for athletes who are trying to lose weight while maintaining performance. I think it can be a good tool for that. Agree. Other than that, I don't think it's overly useful for a lot of people. Now, there may be some benefit in some people, but for the most part, it's not going to be you know, anything substantially helpful. Like the whole carb night thing, not really a thing. All right. Uh, we're going to go in here in a minute, so this is probably our last question. I am feeling intimidated by the whole process. been trying to lose weight with intermittent fasting. No meals until after uh, noon, and I only eat two meals a day. Someone from my job told me to count mac to count micros. I assume you mean macros, and I uh, feel a bit overwhelmed. So go to macrosinc.net slash ebook. Download our free ebook. It's a great guide and great primer on how to get started. You're in the group already, I can see. Make sure you're just in the group asking questions, reading everything anybody posts out. And Brad, what do we offer for anybody who's feeling overwhelmed? <coughs> we offer coaching. We even offer a two-week free trial. We do. And all you have to do is you have to go to macrosinc.net. And if you want to skip all the clickies, you just go macrosinc.net slash services. Yep. That's it. That's what I would do. And then we will guide you through. We'll help you out. Try it for two weeks. See if coaching's helping you. If not, just uh, cancel. Jay, I also have a very interesting question. Oh, God. So, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody has different levels of pain tolerance. Like, if you and I were subjected to the exact same level of pain, how I would, mm -hmm. like, respond to it is probably different than yours. Yeah. It's kind of like we know... Like if you ever give people really hot foods, like the exact same hot foods, they have mm -hmm. different responses. Yeah. I would love to know like how different people experience hunger. Like when mm -hmm. I get hungry, how I like, how I experience it, what is that like for other people? Hmm. That'd be interesting. I don't know. Would you to know? How would you study it? Dude, I have no idea. Let's think about it. We'll figure it out, doctor. Uh, all right. Shirking responsibilities on me. Yeah, it's easier. All right, guys, we are out. We will see you. Uh, actually, we're done for the rest of the week, right? No, we're doing Wednesday. Wednesday. And then we are off Friday because Brad has to travel and doesn't like us. So we will see you guys. Look at this dance. Oh, my God, he's dancing. Jay, if yeah. people want to see us on Wednesday, where can they find us? You can watch the live broadcast, macrosync.net slash uh, YouTube. You can listen to the replay on podcast, macrosync.net slash podcast, or you can go to our group, macrosync.net slash free group, and it'll be broadcast in our free Facebook group with over 180,000 people. And a new podcast went out this morning. Ooh, fancy. The podcast is a little bit delayed behind these, so if you're listening, these are just a little bit outdated information. I, uh, I probably still don't have a bike, though. That's also probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. And they can see us on Wednesday at the same macro time on the same macro channel. And with that, I'm going to go make some oatmeal and then I have to send out a newsletter. 
Ooh, all right. Well, everybody have a good day. Thank you. And cue the outro. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of MI Live, a podcast from Macros Inc. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate it. Until next time.